0: Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology, one of the premier high schools in the country with an amazing automotive program. In fact, many programs uh, right here outside of Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona. You guys know we love hanging with you, and are honored to spend every week, Wrench Nation. And it's been that kind of week in the garage where we've had a smorgasbord of repairs coming through, and uh, we do have some car tips and an exciting show for you guys. In fact, I'm just going to tell you, Suzu, we got one of the highly respected for innovative high-performance vehicles of all kinds. We have Mr. Steve Celine is going to be joining us uh, from Celine Automotive, uh, CEO and founder. How many of you out there remember that Celine Mustang? Ooh. I think you do. I think you do. Or that stamp of a celine on that f one fifty, yeah, that's what we're talking about, Susie, welcome back, girl. good to good to hang with you. How you been?
1: Hey there, Frankie Q. I'm amazing, buddy.
0: well, it's been it's been a a tremendous week in the garage, and i and I do want to just bring up something that happened, and I think it's worthy. A lot of you are indeed doing your breaks over the weekend. We get a lot of folks in the garage. We do. I did my Mm brakes. And in theory, that should be a simple affair. Well, when you're dealing with brake shoes, maybe not so much. There's a lot of springs in there. Quite frankly, doing this almost 30 years, it took me a couple of years just to master where those springs go, the primary shoe, the secondary shoe, and how all that works to resurfacing a drum. But I want you guys to understand something. If you are tackling your brake shoes and you think you've got it right and you drive away And it starts smoking from the rear of those tires.
1: It ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. We
0: we had a vehicle come in. It was a pickup truck that had that symptom. And the fellow was just totally lost about what it could be. He thought he did everything right. And really, the fix was not a big deal. And this is a win for us because we love giving this kind of good news. And it's really a simple thing. Don't overadjust your brake shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so if we break down mechanically what that's all about, that drum spins and the shoe setup sits in its cradle, If the shoe contact point doesn't have the specified gap and it's kissing up against those drums, well, you're actually activating the brake while that drum is spinning. And if that drum is spinning, you've got that friction. You're not breaking, and there's the smoking. So, fortunately, it was a simple fix. In fact, the fella didn't drive it as much as he could, because, in a lot of occasions, you heat soak those brake shoes, they will crack and you've got to get them, you got to get them replaced. You can't just go in and adjust it. So
1: that's right. So if the shoe fits, if the shoe fits, it's
0: people, make sure you adjust those <laughs> shoelaces on the shoe situation. But I'm telling you for real, it, it does take some time to, uh, to actually get familiar with, uh, brake shoes. And it's as simple as that. So that, that was a win for this gentleman. Of course, we didn't charge him. We took care of him and Right. made a simple adjustment, got some memory cloth on the uh, shoes, and that was that. Susie, so, what's oh. happening in your world?
1: Well, uh-huh. you know what? You know, you've, you've heard of OnStar, right? Who hasn't? OnStar's been around for a while. Absolutely. So since 1986, OnStar's been around. And what are the, some of the services you get from that?
0: Well, lockouts. Yeah,
1: lockouts. What else? Security? Yeah, yeah I
0: mean, I'm thinking OnStar is with me all the time, can do
1: everything for me. Exactly. And Maybe. it's also a subscription-based service, right? Hey, you got it. Well, it should be. We got to pay for it. That's right. So check this out. Earlier this month, a woman in Florida, and this is kind of sad, but she accidentally left her 10-month-old in the car.
0: Wait a minute. Ac- wow. ac-
1: accidentally left her 10-month-old in the vehicle, locked, and the keys were in there.
0: Was the car running? No. So the car was heating up? Yes. Oh, my goodness.
1: Okay. So, and it was about 95 degree day, Which still
0: means the car inside, you guys know that car's going to get 130.
1: Exactly. Poor little 10, you said 10 month old? 10 month old. Oh my god. So you're thinking here, okay, here I have this 95 or this uh, Chevy SUV and I'm going to call OnStar and I'm just going to have them unlock it. Would you believe it couldn't be done because her subscription ran out? Whoa, that's a problem. Yes, it is. I mean, that's like, I mean,
0: some of you may be late on your electricity bill. The electricity company will work with you a little bit.
1: Little bit, but yeah. So
0: OnStar wouldn't work, especially in light of a 10-month-old sitting in the back of a vehicle that's not running. It's 95 degrees outside, and OnStar... It says nope. I'll tell you why. Now, this you, is hard to believe, You Susie. can't
1: call on the phone and ask them to renew the subscription. You have to be inside the vehicle, turn the car on, push the blue button that so, makes the subscription activate. Wow. Yes. So, anybody out there with an OnStar and your subscription... So,
0: you can't... It's not like you can do it from your phone or no. from a laptop. you got to be in the car, push the button.
1: Yeah. So, what happened to the... I mean, what... To, Luckily, there was a police officer and a and a bystander who actually had a breakout tool, and so they were they were actively. It was time to smash some it windows. Lies. Just in the nick of time, they got the baby out unharmed.
0: I can't believe it. Isn't
1: that crazy? I know, and you don't think you think I've got OnStar and that's a that's a security blanket, but yeah, you got to push the blue button inside the car. Wow. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know what? That's a good lesson for uh, you know for some of us who have that OnStar. Keep your subscription activated.
0: Well, I mean, in general, the service works. It does work. I don't know how I feel about that. I know well, it's that's kind of an a mixed emergence. emotion, huh? I, so I wonder if technically it couldn't happen, or was this just a clerical procedural? Can't do it.
1: Sorry. No, they they actually said that they are unable to do anything. Out, you know, outside of the subscription button.
0: That's crazy. They
1: have no control over it.
0: Yeah. OnStar can't free baby from locked car with expired account. Yeah. That's bananas. That's the
1: nutshell. Yeah.
0: How would you react to something? I mean, you would have broke windows anyway.
1: I would have. Yeah. I would not even have thought twice of it. I mean, yeah. I think
0: emotionally when like if, if I think, well, from my wife, forget it. Within 20 seconds. She yeah. would have hung up. and I mean, because that's a baby. You know, that happened to me uh, years ago at a Circle K uh, saw a gal. She had uh, her baby. And she was Hispanic, couldn't speak English. And I almost feel like she was nervous because the baby was accidentally locked in, but more so nervous that she didn't want the police to come out because she was okay. I mean, she wasn't here legally.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Think about that
1: yeah so you're limited to who you can call
0: i happen to have an air bladder i do keep an air bladder well oh, I, you do? I should oh yeah because people you run up what do you do i mean you i don't i'm not gonna keep a slim jim well that's true the air bladder with this long rod works i mean you you get and in fact i'll tell you guys listening right now you buy yourself an air bladder look it up online air bladder in case i finagle my keys in the car or truck.
1: Okay. And I believe you probably have that because I've seen some of the stuff in your truck. You've got a lot of- I got you got, a of tools. Yeah, I got, you got a lot of tools. I got straps.
0: Stuff. I got, I'm ready. You're everything in there. Like nuclear, if something's going, I'm ready. <laughs> I got food. I got dry food. I got everything. <laughs> I went hiking today. I got extra hiking <laughs> shoes. But no, I'm serious. You guys can buy an air bladder. How do you spell bladder? B-L-A-T-T? Well, let me, I'm going to look it up for the people because uh, I think this air bladder- of course, we have the fancy snap-on kit or whatnot, but you can buy, let me see the pricing because I think this is pretty cool. Airshim Air Wedge, they call it. It's about 26 bucks. Granger has it. Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. Let's look over here. So how does it work? Well, the air bladder inserts. It's, it's not, uh, there's no air in it at that point in time of insertion, but it's designed to go between the door. Okay, in the body of the vehicle. Okay, on the very top corner or close to wherever, wherever you need to get to, just kind of shimmy it in. Well, you then you put your rod in, or okay. if you got a hanger. But the idea is that you you put that wedge in between the window and the frame, or the door in the frame. Okay, and then you start pumping it. Oh, and then the bladder expands. Now you got to be careful because you don't you don't want to bend the door or you know go crazy right. with it. But it's good enough to where you can save yourself anguish. 25 bucks. So
1: what's what What's separating? I mean, what, what is it doing? Are you well, able to stick your hand in or what?
0: Well, once you've got the gap between the door and the body, yeah. then you take your rod. You oh. see how that works? It's actually opening. Yes. Slightly. Yes. Just enough. Just enough. And these things are 25 to 30 bucks in fact, I'll send you over to Amazon. Uh, calculated Industries, number 1194, Air Shim, inflatable pry bar and leveling tool. It's rated for 500 pounds. You keep
1: that in your ride. That's ex- so were you able to
0: I help- mean, I'll be honest with you. It looks like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think of a whoopee cushion, but none of that funny business. But were you
1: able to help her, Frank? Yeah.
0: Oh, I, well, good. Within, within a minute. Once you have wow. the, well, like they say, the right tool for the right job. There you go. Be- because what happens is we all, we get, a, we, there's a baby in there. <laughs> yeah. People are coming out with sledgehammers. Yeah. And, and here's this little $25 rinky-dink air bladder. Saves the day. Saves the day. So Good for you. I think that should be a part of everybody's. Under the emergency kit kind of thing in your car, yeah, especially here in Arizona when it's hotter than a mug. Yeah,
1: but don't use it as a whoopee cushion, Frank. Just because it looks like it. Well, my kids, you know, they want to have fun with it. But speaking
0: (laughs) of hot, I'm telling you right now, guys, we're excited. We uh, first off would direct you, if you're new to this show, Wrench Nation Car Talk. We'll give you a few tips, but really, we take you on an automotive journey where we have highlighted Noor Dayout, who's a Palestinian female. Drift Racer. She was on the show. Yes. Echo Huang out of Beijing. We did a whole show on the electric vehicles in China. What's going on over there? And I have a feeling our next guest
1: Ooh, I'm, Ooh, so I'm, excited. I'm getting goosebumps people <laughs>
0: for us, but what I'm saying is get to TV if you missed all the <laughs> other shows, but we have the CEO and founder, Steve Salim. He's an iconic individual in the automotive industry he founded Celine back in 1984 race proven performance across the board steve has seen everything on the track and off the track and steve has that s7 beautiful gorgeous right now not while you're driving if you can get on and type in s7 and the s1 Oh, the S1 is an incredible ride. So, we have got Steve Celine, the CEO and founder of Celine Automotive. He's going to join us next. You guys hang tight. Bolt on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt on Technologies software. Provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real time digital reports, multi point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you, I invite you to get uh, on to wrenchnation.tv. And of course, if you dive in and out, you can catch the uh, podcast uh, this sunday is uploaded as well as uh, we replay it on several of the stations we've got Steve Celine Mr Saline is recognized worldwide for his expertise in specialized vehicle manufacturing vehicle certification processes and mass customization back in 2002 this caught the eye of Ford Motor Company executives who awarded Mr Celine with a contract for engineering developing and assembling the legendary ford gt40 mr steve saline joins us steve are you there yes i'm here thank you so much for uh, hanging out with wrench nation how are you good i really appreciate you spending time with us you've been in the automotive industry for many years what was your inspiration coming off the track because you did you did uh, a lot of racing to actually saying, hey you know what I'm going to I'm going to stamp some saline performance in some undercarriage uh, specialization especially like I remember that Mustang what was what was the uh, inspiration for you
2: Well that's correct I started as my career as uh, race car driving that's when I grew up that's what I wanted to be so I was fortunate enough to pursue that. And then um, after uh, uh, working as a race car driver, uh, driving for Pontiac Motor Company and helping them do special edition cars, I saw an opportunity that, well, I could do my own special edition car and uh, worked out a deal with Ford Motor Company to introduce the Selene Mustang in 1984.
0: When you put your name on a vehicle, particularly that Mustang, what were the modifications to that?
2: Well, in, um, as, um, we, you know, we all, or at that time, we lived through the 70s, which was not necessarily the best performance years. <laughs> no. For ours. Okay. No, we, t- we talk about that often.
0: I, I In fact, we had uh, Tony Dow from Leave It to Beaver, uh, and he had the 50-year reunion with his Corvair, and he was on. And uh, I won't mention any names, but this individual was responsible for the seatbelt and wrote a very nasty book about how unsafe. <laughs> I know the seventies was not probably the best time, but but yeah, here are so, the eighties. The eighties are here, and, and
2: yeah. So so yeah. when the eighties hit, we, we you know the manufacturers started revitalizing you know performance, and um, Ford came out with a sporty edition of the Mustang but it lacked it had it was very lightweight and for the time it actually had quite a bit of horsepower i think it was like oh you know 180 horsepower at the time which it was really everyone was kind of going wow but it was a lightweight car but it did not handle very well and it certainly didn't stop very well i know you were talking earlier about the brakes
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah we needed to I'm, stop I'm,
2: I'm sitting here listening to your conversation on adjusting uh you know, the brake shoes on the drums. Well, the the early Mustang's that we had were not four-wheel disc brakes. They had brake drums on the back. Yes, they and did. And I will tell yeah. you, that left a lot to be desired. Yeah. But, um,
0: not we, as quick performing, right, Steve? I mean, let's talk about that. When you have a front disc set up in a, in a rear brake shoe, this is why folks want a four-wheel disc. You just don't have equal stopping power and response.
2: No, it, it, it the, the amount of pressure you have to put... To get the stopping and the ability to stop is like the, the non-existent. And if you're doing any kind of racing, and especially endurance racing, what you find is after a few hours is that that uh, you lose your brakes a hundred percent. Oh yeah. And then you're then you're in the pits and having to rechange all the brakes, um, rotors, pads, whatever, and uh, that that becomes very time-consuming. So the advance of brakes that everyone kind of knows today has really come a long ways, even from the 80s.
0: I mean, yeah. when we, we look at brake systems that come in the garage, it, it's actually, well, I mean, we're talking regenerative braking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, gosh, these poor mechanics. It used to be 40 <laughs> hours a year of training. Gosh, we got it's 40 hours a month of training with the way technology is going. So the Mustang, uh, certainly there was an upgrade to brakes. What else uh, under hood was there upgraded, well, Steve?
2: Yeah, so, so initially... I didn't do much under the hood because the power to weight ratio was really pretty good with the base Mustang. What I concentrated was stiffening the chassis, the brake system, the aerodynamics, and the suspension system. And we made all of these initially and it started in 1983 and then came out on the Selene Mustang in 1984. It wasn't until two years after that that I started really adding the superchargers to increase the horsepower and by the time we got to the end of the 80s, we then were doing all aspects of the vehicle from chassis, suspension, aerodynamics, horsepower improvements with uh, supercharging, uh, interior uh, seating, better seating, we've changed steering wheels, transmissions, the ability to have a quick short throw shifters, all of that developed to actually have more, much more performance out of the base vehicle.
0: Did you see a transition uh, from the 80s into the 90s? This popularity—that was the time to really kick it up notches because there was a demand. Manufacturers were producing these vehicles, and it was time to get some performance going.
2: Yeah, it. It uh, again, the 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 major manufacturers were a little bit late to the party initially. And that's what really opened the door for my company is that we were the ones that came out with, if you will, the unofficial, official 25th anniversary of the Mustang with our SSC. And that really kind of sparked, if you will, from my standpoint, the uh, transition into a lot more performance as we moved into the 90s uh, and beyond.
0: So Ford, this relationship's happening. Now you're getting to work on the GT40. That's a big well, deal.
2: The, the, the program with the GT40 actually started with us doing... So through the years, I know we always get labeled as a tuner, but we really always build more of a small volume manufacturer. And we built cars to a spec that would be sold only as new cars off of dealership franchise showrooms. And because we have to deal with all government regulations and everything to do that is when we decided that we would do our own car, the Celine S7, we, that wasn't that big of a jump for us as a company to do that. As we finished that, the program, though, uh, I had kept Ford in, in uh, uh, the loop on that, and Ford was looking at doing their own supercar, mid-engine, two-seat, sports car, and when they came out with the prototype at the auto show in Detroit in February of 2002, by the time we got to the end of the auto show, Ford had approached me about making that car a reality, and for the next month in February, I had the whole Ford team out in Southern California where we did the A to Z planning of every aspect of the vehicle, on, from a design standpoint, from an engineering standpoint, manufacturing, allocation for the dealers, what colors the cars should be, how many of each color, so on and so forth. And then we were fortunate enough to give the green light. I actually received technically two contracts. One was the engineering service contract, and the other one was the manufacturing contract. The, the rest kind of took off for itself.
0: It sure did. In fact, uh, I invite you guys tuning in. If you're just checking us out here at Wrench Nation, we have the legendary Steve Celine, automotive visionary, uh, who founded Celine back in 84. If you're a car enthusiast, you have seen some of these gorgeous vehicles that are out there. And the S7, I invite you right now, a lot of my youngsters listening, uh, the S7 is, I believe, Steve, in the top 10 for supercars in the world. Can we say that?
2: Um, yes. Well, from a personal standpoint, it's number one. <laughs> it's but, number, one. But, it's uh, number one. Yeah. But but, but if we, if we have to have other people vote, it's <laughs> the
0: that's got to be but, a big deal, Steve. I mean, here you are. You you've got this passion and drive. Some of that spirit's coming off the racetrack as a youngster. You always wanted to to race, and now you're you're putting your stamp and uh, the attention to detail for some amazing performance. And now we've got this transition to the S7 now accepted by the world where was your mind at with that steve at the time that had to have been exciting
2: well we were again we were racing our mustangs we had taken them to really the the i had developed the mustang to the only part that was left from ford motor company as they intended was the rear taillights. Other than that, everything else had been changed on the car. Headlights, <laughs> and channeled, engine moved back, different engine, independent suspension, and it still wasn't enough to compete internationally. So the opportunity that came to say, well we could do our own car. To to do that, I realized that that the aerodynamics would be the most important for the decade of two thousand. So and what better area knew about Vehicle aerodynamics than was Formula One, which happens to be Absolutely. in the Midlands of, of England. And so we went to the Midlands of England, and I uh, had a uh, Formula One aerodynamicist work with us, uh, and we developed our own supercar. And it, it, but the thing I knew is if I u- used an American power uh, uh, push rod american-style v8 engine that happened to be seven liters which is where the name comes from with s7 yeah that's a big uh, that's
0: a big daddy motor compared to what i mean there's a lot of smaller power plants these days but that's a big block in yeah, that one yeah
2: but it's a, what we would we refer to it as a small block and technically it's 427 cubic inch
0: oh okay motor gotcha but
2: it's very but it's very compact and we, we cast our own block, our own heads. Like I said, it was a push rod. We did our own front-end accessory drive system. It was a dry sump on this. But we knew that the packaging, uh, compared to a lot of the other uh, supercars, Ferrari and Lamborghini and so on, is that the packaging would be very advantageous for us um, because the amount of power we, we could get out of the American-style engine would more than compete heads up but we would have a weight advantage and we would have a weight distribution advantage and then we looked at the aerodynamics and we basically let the wind tunnel design the car for us um i came in you know with my designers phil frank at the time um and we took what we learned in the wind tunnel and then made it into the shape that it is that that you still see uh, today and um and And then, uh, you know, built built the whole car, both a street version, and at the same time we had racing. So we had uh, race versions as well. And that went uh, quite well. We debuted the car up at Monterey in um, August of of um, of uh, uh, two thousand. And um, we had then, our race cars hit the track in 2001 we had two different teams campaign in north america in two different series and two separate teams campaign in europe in two different series and all four teams won the championship that year wow that's incredible
1: that's
0: incredible uh steve we're going to cut to break if you're just joining us uh we are so honored to have mr steve saline uh the ceo and founder of Celine Automotive. And of course, we are talking the Celine S7. I want you guys to stay tuned because we'd like to segue into the S1 and maybe talk a little bit about what's going on in China. I want you guys to stay tuned. Ranch Nation next. near you partsauthority.com hey gilbert friends when we talk about car repair car care getting all of your stuff done on your car excellence integrity workmanship those are large words well i gotta tell you a little place on cooper and warner in gilbert the car shop you've got to meet chris baldwin the car shop he is absolutely on top of his game he's a certified technician has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop. So if you're out in Gilbert, Warner and Cooper, you've got to visit Chris Baldrin at the car shop, friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So reach out to the car shop 480-855-8000, 480-855-8000, the car shop Warner off of Cooper. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you, uh, Susie and Frank from the East Valley Institute of Technology. and Of course, I remind you, get on to wrenchnation.tv as well as any of your podcast players. If you miss bits and pieces of the show, you can certainly catch that uh, on the Sunday podcast. We're honored to have Mr. Steve Saline, who's the founder CEO of Saline Automotive. Uh, definitely He's an iconic individual that has been around for many, many years. In fact, uh, we should probably, Susie, talk to Steve about some of the movie vehicles. Steve, are you there? Movie vehicles? Yeah, Steve, we couldn't let... We got to talk about some movie vehicles, Steve. Okay. (laughs) Um, I understand that you had uh, a Camaro. Is that right? In the Transformer movie? Uh,
2: Yes. we, we, We have done, over the years, we've done... Quite a few move, movie vehicles. Um, we we um, were involved at the first uh, Transformers, where they asked us to uh, actually build the first running Camaros. So we built two of them. Um, actually, picked the color of the shade of yellow and Bumblebee.
1: Bumblebee, which Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah, that's which, a, which,
2: which yeah. was not a, a General Motors color at the time. Right. And then we also had a Saline Mustang. That was the leader of the Decepticons, the police car right. uh, in that movie. So we were fortunate enough to do that. We also, more recently, a few years ago, we did replicated all of the mo- co- movie cars in uh, the movie Need for Speed. So all of the supercars actually are not real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to, to, to break that. They're actually aluminum Chassis.
0: Well, that's okay. Um, they look good on yeah, TV and yeah. on the big screen. So, I, that's so, what we want.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> right? yeah, so we did a good job with that. But the uh, um, yeah, so we built the uh, the Koenigsegg supercar, nice the McLaren P1 supercar, the oh, wow. Lamborghini supercar, the Spano supercar, the. Uh, uh, a Bugatti supercar, and of course, it was easy for us to replicate the Celine s <laughs> 7
0: Yeah, I understand. So, the drawings were right there in the top drawer of that desk, weren't they, Steve? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So, so we were able to do that, and then um, probably the, the, the one I'm probably the most proud of, though, is the Selene s 7 was in the movie Bruce Almighty with uh, Jim Carrey and Jennifer Aniston, a oh. comedy a few years ago, if you recall. Yes. And in that comedy... Um, Jim Carrey trades places with the almighty. He gets the almighty powers and when he makes the transformation, he comes down the steps and he realizes, he looks at his beat-up Nissan, realizes that's not going to work and he, so he changes it in to a Celine S <laughs> seven. Oh, I
1: gotta watch the movie now again. Just, I remember just because that. of that. No, I remember that was a big transition.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: And the S7, and, yeah.
2: and 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 since then we've had a had a saying here at Celine is that the Pope coming from Italy may drive a Ferrari, but God drives an s <laughs>
1: seven. Oh, how funny.
0: You guys get on to uh Celine.com. You've gotta check out uh, an array of Um, um, just amazing cars and and some of the history. Steve, I imagine your workshop production uh, is constantly busy. Is there any project currently that you're working on that you can uh, share with us?
2: Yes. um, Well, we're continuing to do the Selene Mustangs. We also have the Selene sports truck, which we call our signature line, that you can purchase uh, through four dealers throughout the nation. But, um, we also introduced about a year ago, a little over a year ago, our new supercar called the Celine S1. And this is a mid-engine, all-aluminum chassis, wow. um, carbon fiber body, two-seater. However, it's driven by a four-cylinder, our own four-cylinder engine with a single turbo. That puts out 450 horsepower wow. wow because the car is so light it only weighs just under 2700 pounds its power to weight ratio is equal to almost all of the supercars today and in addition to that we are we've announced and we're in the midst of our racing season we are racing our Celine s1 cup at racetracks around the world we were at portland last month here next week, we will be in Watkins Glen, New York, racing 20 identical uh, S1 uh, Cup cars, as we call them, uh, and certainly invite all the listeners to either come out to the track and see them or to tune in on, uh, on live stream. This is in conjunction with the SRO World Challenge weekend, and we have our own race series Race on Saturday and another race on Sunday. Practice on Thursdays and Fridays.
0: In yeah. Arizona racing? Yeah, you know, Steve, not in the summer. No. Probably not. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I invite you guys. Uh, uh, Steve, so we can direct people to Celine.com, is that correct, for yeah, all of that information, yeah?
2: Yes, that would be the best place to okay, go. Okay, we want to make
0: sure. We do have a ton of listeners uh, in New York. And, yes.
2: And I would I would add that the the liveries on the cars are really quite it it, the look of the series is quite different than all of the other spec series that you have seen in the past we have borrowed some from iconic cars in the past some from Celine racing history and some are more contemporary but together it really gives quite quite a um quite a visual impact over what is already a kind of a, a very cool-looking sports car with the Celine S1 to begin with.
0: Yeah, no, it's a gorgeous-looking car. I invite you guys to get on to Celine.com uh, forward slash vehicles, forward slash models, S1. You'll see that there. There's a pretty cool video. Uh, Steve, you transitioned. You partnered up uh, with a group out of China. I want to make sure I get the name right. Was that Jiangsu Seco Automobile Technology?
2: No, it's, it's actually... It's <laughs> It it is. Sometimes the communication and the translation uh, does get messed up a little bit. Jansu is correct, but it's actually Jansu Saline Automotive Technology Company. Thank you. Okay. And I have uh, licensed my name um, and likeness to uh, what I call our partnership in China, which last month we launched the Saline brand in a major way in China. Um, Plus, we are also building our own factory in China to do uh, high much higher volumes of of upcoming new cars that you will see on a global scale from Celine.
0: So someday I can walk into a Celine dealer or would that be more more uh, Tesla like where there's more online kind of thing? What's it, the vision it, there? It
2: actually it actually will be a little bit of both. It is we will have our own Celine brand store similar to Tesla which I've had in the past year in North America. And we've opened up one in Beijing and one will be in in next month will be open in Shanghai. But we will have a number of those here in the States as well. But then we will also have standalone saline dealers. And it's a little bit more than what you've come to know me as, let's say, just the Mustang sure, and, yeah. the, and the sport truck. It started with the S7. The S1 will be our first um, volume vehicle in that we will we'll be producing the same as I did with the 4GT program, and that was about 1,500 units a year. But the plant that we have put in China is a major plant. It's on 850 acres. The current phase has 2.5 million feet under roof, and the capabilities of building our cars there is- will eventually be 400,000 units a year. Oh, wow. So wow. Our- our plans are, are a little bit larger than a lot of people have come to know us uh, for. And the first major mass-produced car that you will see here later this year, and, you, and some people got a little bit of a glimpse at our, our brand launch last month, and that's actually will be a Selene SUV for global distribution.
0: That's incredible. I'm actually uh, looking at uh, one of the online publications that – is citing uh this uh past months. I- I'm looking at a poster with uh some Chinese writing underneath it with uh the wonderful Celine logo. This has really kicked up notches, Steve, because I mean you- you've you've done production work, but this is uh this is a straight on volume based manufacturing out of China. This is huge.
2: Yes, yes. So uh, all of the in It's very similar to Apple in a lot of respects, is the design and engineering are done here in Southern California with myself and the team. The manufacturing will be done on a large plant over in China for global distribution. So in a lot of ways, it really is very much like the iPhone uh, aspect of it. It's, um, the vehicles will be quite dramatic and and all of them will be more on the uh, performance side of it to carry through with the Celine brand. But between SUVs and sedans, you'll see some some new type of vehicles also uh, moving into the electric vehicles as well.
0: If you're just joining us, we've got uh, Steve Celine uh, CEO and founder of uh, Celine Automotive. I invite you guys to get on to Celine.com check out the s1 that is an incredible looking car um steve you know we spoke to uh, echo huang out of uh, beijing and, and there's obviously there's a huge movement uh in fact some would say uh the u.s could be not uh, i wouldn't say left behind but i don't know if we're quite as ranking in the uh, electric vehicle technology as the chinese currently you're seeing Celine in that marketplace for full-on electric correct
2: Yes, and and what I'll I'll, there is you you are correct. The um, uh, the the Chinese government is really putting a much bigger emphasis on electric vehicles than what we currently have uh, here in the United States. Um, So because of that, you see a lot of the Chinese auto manufacturers and even some foreign ones. Uh, are, are looking at, you know, bringing electrical vehicles into the marketplace uh, a lot sooner. Um, that's not to say, though, that the technology and the know-how and the understanding of what we can do here in the United States is, is at second fiddle, because it's not.
0: It's not, but, no, um, I agree, yeah.
2: But, but, um, but certainly the push from the government is much stronger in China. Uh, for that, they have, you know, again, uh, having spent quite a bit of time in both North America and, and China, you know, the, the air quality in China, oh, yeah. uh, it, it certainly does leave a little bit to be desired at times. And, uh, but, um, it, uh, so that, that's probably where the biggest push is coming. From China, though, is the largest automotive market now. It surpassed a few years ago yes. the U.S. market, and because of that, is where you see a lot of uh, a lot of or all manufacturers on a global basis have have uh, a big stake in China, which is again part of where I have found you know our movement into that. But but uh, certainly, we would not diminish North America or have lost sight of what can be done here in north america as well yeah
0: that makes sense uh without getting political are you seeing any concerns regarding tariffs currently Uh,
2: yes (laughs) it's um um yes the, the the tariffs do affect us both ways um and um but it's my hope that you know uh the smarter minds will come come to the to the uh Table to resolve whatever needs to be resolved so that it makes sense for all parties.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I think we need to get. uh, I I realize that there, you know, negotiations can be kind of tough, but for the sake of where we're at in world economy, well, where we're at with. uh, Steve Saleen wants to produce some vehicles, people. Let the man produce some vehicles. We don't need to hinder uh, manufacturing uh, globally for sure. Steve, which of your vehicles really gets you excited, if I can ask?
2: Oh, well, that's easy. Um, uh, it's the current one I'm working on, but I can't t- tell you about it. Oh, I was I'd trying to, to get
1: that out of you. <laughs> Good try, Frank. <laughs>
2: That, that was a nice try, though. Oh gosh,
0: we're going to have to fly out to California. Uh, by the way, Steve, where, where exactly is your uh, your facilities out in California? Well,
2: we are we are um, we have a campus facility right in uh, Southern California. It's in the city of Corona, right off the ninety one freeway. For those people that may. Uh, uh, know where Corona is. So you can, as you drive down the freeway, you can honk your horn and wave as you go by. We'll wave back. Nice <laughs> and uh, um, and certainly encourage uh, people if they're on vacation or traveling around. Certainly to come out. We do have tours through our facility here. It's uh, four acres and a campus-like, and we we have the engineering and and uh, light, a lot of the light manufacturing. Of the vehicles that we do
0: here. Yeah, that's also amazing. I want to add, though, to that, too. A lot of you listening that uh, like to do performance work on your vehicle, you really need to get on a celineperformance.com. There is a ton of, well, just about everything there, Steve, uh, if one wants a supercharger kit, if they want to order an oil pan, motor mounts, and so on. Yes?
2: Yes. Yeah, we, we actually, um, we actually carry, um, if you, if you, have one of the few 1994 Selene Mustangs. We actually have all the replacement parts for that as well.
0: That's still in stock. (laughs) It's still in stock. So if you you found one, there you go. Um, Steve, we always ask our guests, I mean, we've had an array of guests from all over the world. um, It seems to be that there is news coverage that car culture... Amongst youngsters could be going away. Where do you see car culture with the youngsters and the future of car culture?
2: It, well, <laughs> um, that's a loaded question. I know
0: it is. <laughs> so Sorry to the, put you uh, on the spot.
2: <laughs> so, so it. Um, well, I think um, certainly there will always be a car culture on this. It, it, it is a fact that the the youngest generation is more into, um, you know, iPhones and iPads and, and uh, uh, the computers and rather than car ownership and driving. But I don't think you'll ever replace wanting to get in the vehicle and need transportation until all of us have jetpacks is that <laughs> you'll probably still need some form of transportation. And there will always be a segment. There that the transportation, i.e., the cars and cool-looking cars, will always appeal to a certain segment. So I, I don't think that will go away. Um, You know, just watching Pebble Beach, this certainly I can appreciate the cars from the 20s and the 30s and the 40s on this. And but there was a lot of people up there that just, you know, that was their whole life on it. I'm a little bit more in the the more current vehicles, but um, and I think as 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 the younger generations come there will be a segment now it may not be as large or it may be more segmented in different types of vehicles but i still think that that as the you have to realize too that the population base is growing as well so i'm not sure of how much the sheer numbers um i have diminished that maybe a percentage of population yes but the sheer number of en- enthusiasts from the 50s and the 60s i think the number is actually about the same number, if not more. Than, right.
0: Uh, well, we're not. I'll tell you, up. we're not believing it. And I and I, I would say that you line up just about with all the 160 some odd guests. That uh, in a way, I don't. We don't believe car culture is going away either. I will tell you guys uh, here. It is. If speed wasn't important, it wouldn't be called the human race. That is CelinePerformance.com. You can get on a Celine performance if you've got a performance vehicle. Mr. Steve Saline, an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for joining Wrench Nation.
2: Well, thank you, and glad to be, and you guys need to come out and visit us.
0: We will certainly None. do that. The fall is coming. Yep. We spend a lot of time with, uh, well, a bunch of Orange County race outfits, and uh, we're going to, well, we'll visit Mr. Canepa. We'll go yep. up north yep. and then come we'll down. Work and our way down. Visit Mr. Steve Celine yep. and honor. We wish you very well with Adventure in China, and I'd uh, love to have you back on the show to do a follow-up story. Thank you so much.
2: Okay. Thank you for having me
0: what a great interview i yeah. mean you talk about uh back in 84 back in 84 starting this venture now to go on to almost well, four hundred thousand. yeah is production. the goal i mean that's a full-on manufacturer there and and, and that's huge so uh, i want you guys to uh stay tuned we're gonna come back uh Susie and i got some exciting news we want to share with you so hang tight wrench nation next Frank here with Ranch Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Ranch Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. Well, all right. Welcome back. Wrench Nation hanging out with you guys. Uh, man, Susie, the show. Was, that was fun. Well, it was chock full of information.
1: Yeah, it was. I don't know. Some people would say, should we turn this into a two-hour show? Yeah, but now I got to go home and watch Transformers and Bruce Almighty. Well, the S7. That's I got
0: You guys need to get on to Celine.com. I know a lot of you uh, know about the amazing history uh, and performance. And what was interesting to learn that the S1... I'm I, I thought the end of the interview sounded to me very Tesla like by way of manufacturing. Right. Right. We're, we're probably gonna see some of these S ones. Oh yeah sooner than later. And that was a huge launch in China last month. Yeah. You guys can catch that all over the internet. I invite you to uh check that out. And of course if you're in uh Southern California, pay a visit to Mr. St- Steve Saline's. uh Wonderful manufacturing, uh, just this whole facility uh, out there. Now, we did say we had some exciting news, and it is exciting. You guys know, uh, as as garage operators, uh, Desert Car Care Chandler, we just had... Our free all changes for teachers. Yep. Last our eighth, Saturday eighth year, we have we'll do it, we'll end up doing like 300. Yep. So I just want to make it clear on air. Sometimes I forget I have a radio show and that I should tell people what we got <laughs> going on in the garage. If you are a school teacher and you couldn't make it to our day of event, desertcarcare.com, print a voucher. Or I'll tell you what, just come visit. Down. Come, yeah, come down. Come down. Now, you need an appointment or else
1: we'll have a zoo. Come down and get a voucher.
0: Get a voucher. You'll you'll see us. We'll give you a little tour of the garage if you've never been in. And you get yourself a complimentary oil service.
1: Yes, and it'll be good through October 31st, Frank. So right. if you don't need one now...
0: I don't think we did a whole good job of promoting on our own little
1: radio show.
0: Well, I don't think we talked about it once, did we? Well, we had Bumper to Bumper Radio.
1: Yeah, they a, did.
0: a great. Our friends at Bumper to Bumper on KTR, of course, you can catch their show every Saturday morning. They gave us a shout out. We we're part of the Bumper to Bumper right. Network. And I just wanted to let you know, if you're a school teacher, get online or come down to the garage, 95 North Dobson, Chandler and Dobson. Yep. Uh, now... With that, the fall is coming. So every month in the garage, we have a community event going on. If you get on a desertcarcare.com, you can catch our events section. We have car clinics coming, people. Those so if you're there, f- they're a lot of fun. Yep. We get a food truck. We really make these things fun. And uh, you don't have to worry about, well, some mechanic, he's so, he's putting me to sleep <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> we truly, it's a community event. And I am excited. We had our first year last year, we did. Pity Row. Yes, that was fun. We adopted out. This was a big Lollapalooza. We raised our first year, we raised almost $1,000. Yes. To rescue, uh, tell us, Susie, what we did.
1: Well, you know what we did was we actually, uh, we did raffles and we actually raised $1,000 like Frank said, but here's the best part. We actually had four Staffordshire Terriers. Pitbulls. How do you say it? Let's pitbulls. just pit They were adopted and the neat thing was two of them were we're scheduled to be euthanized. At, I was excited. Like Let me tell you, we later. were
0: we were raising money. We had a bunch of the community down there, and our event was over at like twelve o'clock, and it was like eleven o'clock, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "Dang, these dogs, nobody's adopting." Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, "Frank, this was a total waste of time. If you can't get save those dogs, but guess what? It was like the eleventh hour, man. Yep. We ended up." saving those dogs
1: now frank would you have adopted all six of them if nobody had
0: i got seven little <laughs> dogs in my house but it, it would have been pressure I, I would have figured something out right honestly i wouldn't have been comfortable with yeah. it so we're having that again our second annual and that will be in october november probably because yeah. we did it november last year well i think we're gonna you move it in october? Up. yeah we'll okay. let you know we're just you know planting a seed also i gotta tell you people uh we have wayne carini people many of you uh Wayne Carini, uh, of course on tv uh, he is going to be a guest on the show and that's coming up in a few weeks as well as i believe it's next week we're doing a special tools and technology based upon what tools are going to look like in the future Oh, wow. And we have some special guests from the industry coming on the show. So we've got shows lined up for you, and uh, we're pretty excited that you guys have joined us. If you're on the podcast, you guys are rock stars, give us a review. Good, bad, or ugly, it's all good. If you have a show idea, we'd love to hear your show idea. And more importantly, if you have a rock star automotive mechanic or garage in the country that you'd like to highlight on the show, give them a little mic time. We invite that, baby. We invite that. That's what it's all about. Wrench Nation, one big happy family. Uh, We appreciate you guys on 90.7 and KFNX on Saturday. Thank you so much for hanging with us. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. Now, what's on wrenchnation.tv, there's a billion websites out there. Well, there's a ton of nice shows I think you guys will enjoy. We know how it is. I mean, you got three to five seconds to listen to anything. Y'all got ADD. (laughs) Susie, yes. am I lying? You're not lying. (laughs) People don't have attention anymore. So I'm just going to tell you right up front. We know this. We understand. Some of you are already gone because you just, oh, got to get over there.
1: Next. You capture our attention, though.
0: Well, wrenchnation.tv. I mean, you can catch, leave it to Beaver's Tony Dow. We had a 50-year reunion with the Corvair. Yeah. 50 years that car came back in his life. Yes. Now, here's, uh, I get excited about this community situation. Open change, vehicle donations making a difference. There's a organization that has uh, donated uh, north of 6,000 cars on the East Coast. And last week, Noor Daoud, Palestinian drift racer from Ramallah. Do you know what it's like growing up in Ramallah, Palestine?
1: I don't even know where that's at.
0: It's in a very volatile area of the okay. world. Like people are trying to just eat for I mean, it's tough. And she is out there breaking the barriers. But that's all on RanchNation.TV. And with that, I will invite you because we're all family up in here.